Have you ever wondered what the heck your kids' school testing means? I'm talking about standardized testing, testing for IEP and 504. You need some help. And that's what this episode is all about. It's a deep dive into what does my kids' testing mean? Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today, we're going to talk about kids' testing and what does it mean and how to help them do better in school because of the results. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Roseanne Kapana Hodge. And if you're listening, kids are in crisis and you need solutions. And that's what Everything I do is about is giving solutions to parents, teachers, and organizations to improve the quality of mental health for kids and their families because we need it. So this is one of my most requested pieces of information that everybody wants from me. And it's, what does my kids testing me? For I am somebody who's been a therapist, a psychologist, I'm an author, I'm doing all kinds of things. But For 22 years, I did neuropsych and psychoeducational testing. And I used to joke going into an IEP meeting or a 504 meeting was, uh, I'd rather get a root canal. And there's some real truth to that because it is not an easy process. And why is that? It's because testing is a mystery. What is it about testing that's so hard? Well, we are not statisticians. We're not educated about it. And today, we're going to dive into exactly what testing is, uh, what you need to know, and how you can use data to help get what your kid needs at school at every age. And data is about showing progression or not progression in the regular ed or special education programming. Really important. And even though you may say to yourself, hey, Dr. Rowe, I'm not a statistician, but I'm going to challenge you because you kind of are. And so let's look at the data, right? I always say, show me the data in many aspects of what I do. I'm a very data-driven person. Let's talk about interpreting test results. And we're going to, you're going to want to get a piece of paper or rewatch this or pull over and for a few minutes and listen to this because this is going to have deep information. So what is the purpose of a good assessment? I should say good assessment because that's not always the case. So let's, we're going to talk about what's the difference between a private eval, school eval, what does that testing mean and what data can you mine out to support what your child needs. This is really, really important stuff. People used to have to, I don't do testing anymore, so please don't call me. (laughs) I got sick of screaming at meetings. There are people that do this well, and you can get a decent evaluation in the school system. Many years ago, I even worked in the school system. But a purpose of a, a good evaluation is really to not just help you understand what's going on, but give you the guidance of what the remediation or supports or accommodations that they need. So what is the difference between a school eval and a private eval? They are very different people. 
a private evaluation is really going to be there to tell you whether your kid is eligible for services. Some schools use evals to determine if you need accommodations, not common, but they use it to determine if your kid is learning or not. A private evaluation, totally different. Strengths and weaknesses, exactly what to do to fix it. A good private eval, that isn't always happen. The school is not obligated. They're only obligated to tell you if your child can qualify for services and why they can give you highlights on strengths and needs, but it's not really there to say like, wow, here's this amazing profile of your child, right? Every time somebody would come to an evaluation with me, they'd be like, oh my gosh, just completely different. Yeah. Well, cause they spend like, I used to spend 15 to 17 hours testing somebody, but it's going to help you disband your school, decide if your kid has a disability in a school, and then it's going to help you plan appropriate instruction. And a big, big tip is don't let a school talk about the program first. Let you design what the you define what the needs are, then design the program. They always try to squash your kid in the program. And sometimes programs are really good and they can be flexible. But that's really important. So after you get testing, you got to understand what the numbers mean? What are the stats? And you really need a good basic understanding of what your child's strengths and weaknesses are in order to educate them. And that is important. So common standard tests, you know, you got mastery tests, you got group administered IQ tests, you've got IQ testing at an individual level, you got academic tests, things that you may have heard of like a Wexler, which is a WISC or a GORT. There's all kinds of tests out there. Okay. So what I want to tell you about testing, and it's just a snapshot. They're only tools. Tests are your child at that moment. Yes, IQ tests are generally pretty stable if it was taken when your child was attentive, you know, you had breaks. And the skills of the person who's assessing your child are really important. So I always used to say a one-armed monkey could give a test. Somewhat true, <laughs> but it really takes a skilled person to interpret it, right? And we're going to talk about it. So what evaluations actually tell you? They tell you how does this disability affect them? How serious it is? You know, where do they fall on the continuum? You know, gives you a learning profile. Do they need services? Do they need accommodations? Are they making progress? We don't talk about evaluations in terms of progress. That's what I want to talk about. And how much progress is sufficient to remediate the problem, okay? And just because your kid has an IEP does not mean they're getting the right help. Let me say that again, okay? Just because your kid is getting an IEP does not mean they're getting the right help or has one. So 504 accommodations and supports differ from an IEP. Goals, services, accommodations needs direct remediation. Who makes decisions about your child? A lot of people. 504 plan, PPT, that's what they call it here in Connecticut. It's a CSE team, IP team, and you. So don't forget you are the most important person on your child's team. What is a standardized test? We are talking about standardized tests. It's basically, it's supposed to be an objective measure of your child's performance when you're compared to peers across the country. And a lot of times schools will get into the mud with you about, oh, that's not a standardized test. There's all kinds of tests. And we use the highest level are standardized tests, but there's all kinds of ones that can be valuable data points. So don't let anybody talk you out of your child's poor performance across all of their tests in their history. Those are data points too. So stats 101, 
What are statistics components that they throw around in meetings? And this is how you become part of this conversation and you really start to be able to understand because they throw words like percentile rate and norm and age and grade equivalent and the bell curve and standard deviation. So stats are forms of measurement and there are standardized components that's in these tests. So let's talk really simply and then get into some of these examples of cases that you need to see. We talk about norms, we're really talking about the average, right? Kids will say, well, they're below the norm or above the norm in that meeting. A school professional will say that. Percentile rank is where your child is compared against a a hypothetical group of 100 people. Here is an example of a percentile rank. And if you're listening, I just want you to understand what I'm talking about. So schools love to use standardized scores and not percentile ranks. And there's a reason for that. (laughs) Percentile ranks show a lot more. And I really want you to get comfortable with percentile ranks. I also really want you to talk about grade equivalents. They hate talking about grade equivalents in schools. And please know, I believe that good plans can happen anywhere when the right people come to the table. And you're part of that. So hopefully you're in school systems that are great. This is a case, visualize if you're listening, this is a case where everything is at least average and you have such a variability and, and there's even very superior scores in here, but their percentile ranks range from 25, 25th percentile to the 99th percentile. This is important data It really shows you, wow, this person here is in the 40th percentile for cognitive efficiency, a bit weak. Working memory is only 25th percentile, the weakest score that they have. But then they have fluid reasoning, which means they can think visually really quick, 99th percentile. So this gives us a bit of a window into, wow, there's a lot of variability in my kids processing. Why? And you can either ask for more testing, this testing is comprehensive and there's more pieces to it, but variability in percentile rank scores, really important data component for you. In my other example, we have it in the academics. So they're academics, right? So the other one was cognitive. This is academics goes from the fourth percentile to the 62nd percentile. That's a lot of variability. So this is somebody in math that their overall math, they would say, well, they're average, but they're very slow in math, fluency, fourth percentile. But they might say to you 74, they're below average and you might say, or borderline, right? It is borderline, but they might say below average and you're not understanding it. So really, really start to understand percentiles, where your child falls, um, and that you can be in the average range and you could have a percentile of 25 to 74. So that is the average range. And that's a huge difference. That kid who's only working at the 25th percentile, and that's all the school districts are legally obligated to get your kid, but it doesn't mean you can't take action on it. But somebody who's operating at the 25th percentile is operating at a totally different level than somebody. Does your child struggle to complete tasks or they can't stay focused enough to finish their homework or get anything done? Or maybe they're super fearful and moody. This may leave you questioning if your child has ADHD or something else. 
like a learning problem, anxiety, depression, or OCD? Well, I've created a quick quiz that will tell you if it's ADHD or something else. Text the word quiz to one three alert more to take my free quiz so you can get to the bottom of what's going on and the right solutions. That's text the word quiz to one three alert more. Grade equivalents. Nobody likes to share grade equivalents. Um, school districts many times have told me, oh, they're not valid. Really? Because they're in the standardized manual. So here's somebody who has grade equivalents in reading anywhere from 5.0 to 10.4. Overall reading is normal, 37, but their accuracy is only at a fifth grade level, ninth percentile standard score of six. This is why it's so important to really understand these age equivalents. So we're looking at when you're comparing them to their age range, of course, we want to compare them to their age range, right? We don't always want to talk about just standardized scores because there's a lot to be said within that. If we talk about the bell curve, the bell curve is something you really need to understand. That's where I say the average range is that 25th percentile to 75th percentile, and it falls within there. You know, one standard deviation out on either side. This is very cursory. This is where all the standard scores are based on. So most people are average is your biggest takeaway. Now, when your child has scores that fall outside of that, particularly in the low area, this is where remediation can come into play. So standard deviation is really important because it helps us understand where they fall relative to the average. How do we use these tests to make educational decisions? This is really important. We use it as an objective measure of their abilities to help us understand strengths and weaknesses for program placement. Also to really talk about, is this child have a learning disability or not? Or maybe their emotionality is affecting their ability to do their math or get along with their peers. It could be multiple things. And obviously, if there is, you need services and special ed or 504 or regular ed services, and ultimately to measure progress or regression, which I think is the most forgotten component of testing. So this is what I always used to do, used to freak everybody out. My biggest tip, tip in terms of helping you is to organize the data. And this is a long time ago. This is somebody who I was able to show on a reading test, a GORT, that in one year, they, except for one area, stayed the same in terms of rate, accuracy, fluency, and comprehension and overall reading, but all other areas declined. And that is a big, big deal. And, you know, they might have said, well, you know, they're functioning just below average in rate. So be careful about what data is presented to you and how, and that's really important in getting the right kind of programming. But this is just simply an outline and a comparison from one year to the next. Now, when I've had the privilege of testing kids multiple times or when I get a big folder, I actually take tests and I do red when it's a decline. I color the scores red, blue when there's an increase and green when there's no change. 
you can do any color you want, but red should signify a decline. And I always gave this out in the meetings and I'll always put this in my reports. This is a great way for them to see the data and understand your child is not progressing. Okay. When we look at one test by itself and not in comparison to other similar tests or the same test, we are not able to show the lack of progress. And you need to use data to show progress or lack of in order to get program changes, right? Recently, I had somebody who wants their kid out of special ed. So I was like, okay, let's set up the metrics and we need to do get out. doesn't happen all the time, but that's what they need. So most people are trying to look for I don't want to say more services, more quality services specific to their needs, right? So kids with special ed, we look at areas that warrant remediation and we want them to have science-backed research interventions. That doesn't always happen, right? But what has to happen in these test results is you want the data, you want to show the data, you want to be able to actually just just get a graph and a Google Doc and plot out the test scores. A lot of times, if you have a advocate, they do this for you, but you don't need to do this. You can do this yourself. I do love advocates and I'm a huge fan of them. And I think everybody should go to them when you're setting up, you're doing testing and things like that, because that's when the magic happens in terms of creating a program. It's not always possible. And please know that every state association typically has free advocates. It might be a wait list. But it is something that I do recommend. So if you're looking for more resources, you can go to www.drrosanne.com forward slash my blog. If you're interested in really deep wraparound work and you're serious about creating change for your child and your family, that's what our program is all about. It's a one-to-one, very, very high touch point program where we guide you to change. Wherever you are on the journey, I hope this was an aha moment for you about testing. Don't be afraid of it. Own the data, learn about it, understand what your kids' difficulties are and plot it out and give it to people in meetings. It's one of my favorite scare tactics in the past. It's really hard to ignore data. So collect your own data at every point. My friend Pete Wright is always like, collect data, collect data. Doesn't matter if it's a standardized test or not. It's there to document what your kids' needs are. So be well, everybody. Catch you on the next time. Parenting is hard and there are so many ups and downs. Just know that no matter what is going on with your kid and family, no matter how many tests your kids get, no matter how many times a teacher tells you your kid could do better, it's going to be okay when you take action. 